Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast episode on self-development. This is Michelle Strike, who will be facilitating today's conversation, and we have Rebecca Ellis and Sandy Schneider. All right, so we'd like to actually start off by defining what each of us means by self-development and um, what that looks like in our lives. Um, Rebecca, would you like to kick us off with your definition? Sure. Uh, Thank you. And everybody, welcome back to Lead Travel Pray. We're excited. This is halfway through the year, which is amazing. Um, So glad to be back with you, too. So self-development, I'm so glad we were calling it self-development because when I started thinking about personal development or professional development, I think it's really important, um, both in work and play, that we think about how we drive that ourselves. And so I like the notion of self-development just because it puts the ownership back on us and not kind of waiting around for others to tell us what to develop or what, what we're good at or not good at. So really my definition of self-development is being in tuned enough with areas that you want to grow that you're owning and creating plans to make that better. Rebecca, I love what you just said about um, being aware and then taking control of the development of yourself. I think that is absolutely critical. I recently had a conversation with a friend and she pointed out to me that it was something that she actually took note of about myself and that I um, tend to see an issue or an area of development and just tackle it and go after it. And that was something she indicated she admired because it's not the way that she was raised. She was raised in an environment where um, she was led to believe that all these circumstances happen around you and you just deal with them versus um, taking control over what your future might look like and taking actions to drive what your future looks like. So thanks for mentioning that. I didn't have that um, in my definition, but I think that's uh, super important. Uh, My definition is pretty basic. So when I think about self-development, it's thinking about how to get from where I am today to where it is that I want to be in the future. So that process of, um, as you mentioned, Rebecca, self-awareness, taking the opportunity to identify what exactly am I going to have to do uh, to get to that future state. Um, And for me, it's about Mm -hmm. continuous improvement. Um, I have seen a transition where in the past, my self-development has looked a whole lot like professional development. And uh, maybe in the past five or six years, I've transitioned to now I feel like my uh, areas of development are much more focused on personal development. Yeah, I do think that that is a common transition that a lot of us make at certain um, points in our career and, frankly, at a certain age where you realize that um, if you don't invest in you as a person, who's going to do that? And um, we have been fortunate, all three of us, to work for organizations that have poured into our development professionally. And so then it's taking a step back and saying, okay, how am I um, developing myself holistically? And so a lot of my definition is really taking that holistic approach. How am I doing at tending to myself physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually? And I'm kind of doing an inventory check every once in a while and figuring out which one of those is a little more out of whack. 
And um, so that's kind of how I would define it. And I would say um, all too often I use physical indicators as a way to know that I need to work on self-development. In other words, my body starts to get sick and fatigued and I have to use that as kind of my reason to take a time out and figure out what am I doing, how am I going about uh, my day and my week, and am I pushing myself too much. So I'm trying to build in more self-care as an example so that I do a better job of proactively helping understand, okay, I should wait, I should not wait until um, things are breaking down and I should learn to have more of a regular habit of taking care of myself. So I would say that that's been my emphasis more of late on my own um, personal development. All right, so um, if we kind of take that as our definitions, then um, Sandy, why don't you help us understand what helps you put a certain type of emphasis on developing yourself? Are there are there things that happen that make this more at the forefront? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, I have noticed that there have been a number of times where my uh, self-development, real growth in that area has happened when I have been totally dissatisfied with my current situation. So that could have been... Um, when I was dissatisfied with my lack of physical activity and um, decided that that was going to be something I was going to focus on and was invited to uh, join a morning boot camp where I was so hesitant to do so. That just sounded painful and awful. And it was 530 in the morning. Nothing about that sounded like fun to me. And in fact, I um, when my friend asked me to join her, I immediately said no. Like, why would I want to do that? That sounds awful. It sounds painful. It's early in the morning. It's dark outside. Um, and it took actually her asking, I think, three times before I said yes. And what I found was, in fact, I absolutely loved it. And six years later, I'm still on a healthy workout routine um, that I'm actually quite proud of because I went from a place of, one, not doing it, and to dreading it and having no interest in doing it, actually getting to a place where I enjoy it. And in the times, the days where I can't make it, um, I'm, I don't feel like my day goes as well. Um, so it, I have, that's just one example. But um, for me, oftentimes it comes from just a total dissatisfaction with where I'm at right now. And I've got to do something different. Yeah, you've been a good role model at um, helping me see that um, you just have to commit to something that's really hard and keep at it even when um, when you don't feel like it. And eventually you start to feel like doing it more often because you get the momentum. Absolutely. Yeah, don't skip it. I agree with Sandy. I think the need to make it more of a priority usually does come from an area of dissatisfaction. And maybe that's in um, what you feel has been like your latest kind of growth trajectory or maybe getting passed over for a promotion or, or kind of wondering where things are going from a, a career or a personal perspective. And so um, as a person who works on learning and development, I feel like maybe a lot of what's driven me to be a focus more in this area is just to be a good model for people. Like, you know, if you 
if you can't take your own medicine, then you shouldn't be dishing it out to others. So I think, you know, it's hard to not think about the academic and research aspects of what we know about development. And, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, for example, is probably one that just comes back to my mind, like that very top part about self-actualization. So if we aren't able to get all of our needs, like that is one of them, um, knowing that we're kind of, and I think the definition I looked up was fulfilling one's talents and potentials. And what Maslow says is we've got like limitless potentials and we just need to understand what those are and how to, how to best leverage that to sort of complete ourselves. And so there's this drive. I think we're most, we feel most whole when we're feeling that, but when we're kind of filling that void, then we do feel most satisfied and, you know, the needs I guess are being met in that way. And so I guess that's part of the drive for me, one to be a good model and one because I know that's when I feel kind of most engaged, most passionate about life and living, either at work or beyond. You know, Rebecca, I I didn't think about Maslow's hierarchy when I was thinking about this question, but I absolutely agree with you and striving for that self-actualization. Um, the other thing that prompts me to focus on self-development is the need for challenge. And I have found in times where I wasn't getting as much challenge in my professional life, that those are the times when I was seeking out challenge outside of my day-to-day job. And that's where I've had significant uh, development opportunities and growth. For example, um, serving um, on boards for nonprofits, serving in president roles, where I have learned tremendous Um, in terms of leadership of volunteers and um, nonprofit organizations um, because I was seeking challenge that I wasn't getting in my day-to-day job. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that um, us being achievement-oriented individuals, we probably naturally have a drive toward this that um, helps us more than somebody who isn't maybe motivated in that way. And so I think that we kind of come to the table looking for that challenge and are good at figuring out that it's not always going to happen professionally. And sometimes we have to figure out how to do that outside of our um, Mm -hmm. paid job. And um, what does that look like in our personal life? So for me, I have found that um, there are times where I just get kind of complacent and get a little bit on autopilot. And when I find myself doing that and can't really remember the last time that I really um, grew or developed or pushed myself in an area, I tried to um, integrate my faith into figuring out what, what do I need to work on next And um, so that's an opportunity where I really step back and ask God to reveal parts of me that need to be, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, weeded (laughs) and places that are stopping me from having the growth that he desires in me. And so um, I would say that it's a pretty hard thing for me to pray for because he is faithful in showing (laughs) up and pointing out those things and it doesn't always feel good. But I can say that by working on those areas one by one, it has really helped me to figure out what to do. So an example of that is that um, I can push myself pretty hard and not take enough downtime. And so I've had to get really intentional about time off from work as well as how to build in a little bit of a break during the day. 
So time off from work, I found that um, adventurous vacations are a lot of fun, but they don't provide Mm -hmm. the downtime that I need. And so it's planning the fun tourist type vacations where you're out doing a whole bunch of stuff. And then also trying to integrate one where I don't have much to do, whether it's um, being on the beach for um, a few days or um, last year I took kind of a personal retreat where I went off for a week by myself and um, really had a good time to sit and read scripture, read uh, books that I wanted to read, have prayer time. I was walking, did yoga. It was really about what do I need to do to pour into me and um, stopped a bunch of the noise. So I found that have to be pretty intentional about that. I also, as you mentioned, Rebecca, as a coach, I see myself um, really feeling the need to practice mm-hmm. some of the things that I recommend. And um, so three years ago this August is when I started gratitude journaling. And it honestly came from a place of I'm recommending this to people who I coach. Does it really make a difference? <laughs> so I committed to trying it for 30 days. It takes 30 days to form a habit. And I can honestly say almost three years later, I do it almost every single day. I can tell you that there's maybe 10 days in that three years that I haven't done it. It's become a great habit for me and has been um, really helpful for me to share that story and, um, and examples that I give to people that I coach and things like mindfulness. So a workshop that I went to just this last week um, helped me see that um, taking care of myself and taking time to practice mindfulness, deep breathing, just taking a step back has been um, a big way that you can develop yourself. So Sandy, what about you? What have you done to um, kind of continue your growth and development? As I mentioned earlier, I feel like my areas of self-development have been focused lately on the personal side rather than the professional side. Of course, it's not one or the other, right? I think the development in the areas transition across both um, ends of that spectrum. Um, But I believe that God presents us with opportunities for Mm self-development all the time. And the question is whether or not we're aware to see these opportunities in front of Mm -hmm. us and then to make the effort to act on them. And, you know, hindsight's 2020. So as I reflect on my past, there are some of those areas that, that jump out to me. I already mentioned the boot camp where Lisa had to ask me, I think, three times uh, to join her before I finally said yes. And I think about what a positive impact that has had on my physical health, as well as my mental health um, and the new friends that it has brought to me. So why would I have been so resistant? And I'm grateful that Lisa didn't back down when I would say no. I also think about um, when I joined the Rotary Club in um, Maui, Go Rotary Club of Lahaina Sunset. (laughs) And we were a a chartered club. And in this, going into the second year, I was approached about taking the president role. And I was very resistant um, because I just felt like I just joined this organization. I don't have a history there. I don't know enough about it to step in the president role. I had a, a zillion things running through my head about why this wasn't a good idea, why it wasn't the time for me. And again, I'm very grateful that I had a friend, Jim, who um, kept that in front of me and and supported me and encouraged me to do it. 
And that actually was such a monumental opportunity for me to um, meet people from around the world to leading a group of 40-ish uh, volunteers to have a positive impact on the community in which we lived. And we had some significant wins and it was great to see those results in terms of what the club was able to accomplish that year. But for me, it was really about everything that I learned in that experience, how to um, lead a group of people who have no real reason um, to, to accomplish the things that we were asked to accomplish. Um, but when you're able to build a connection with your people and um, create some rationale about why it might be important that we accomplish X, Y, and Z. In our case, it was uh, creating a recycling program for the west side of Maui where zero existed before um, we put that together. And to get volunteers out on a Saturday morning in the hot sun, um, taking other people's trash, which are ultimately recyclables, and getting them to off the island um, and out of the dumps. I mean, that was huge and it wasn't easy to accomplish. Um, so what I learned in that process, I will take with me in leadership roles, both at work and outside of work for the rest of my life. And that was a significant development opportunity for me that came only because uh, Jim kept it in front of me and encouraged and supported me. And I'm so grateful uh, that I had the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. That brings up a good point, which um, you know, I know we were going to talk about obstacles to development. I think a lot of times people um, find maybe easy reasons that it's not possible. I can't afford to go back to school. Um, you know, it's it's an investment to go to these conferences, to go to these uh, meetings. Uh, my workplace doesn't allow me the time off to go, you know, invest in that. And um, I mean, the reality is uh, there's a lot we can do with little to no investment because it, going back to that again, I think I'm the like academic uh, person here today, even though we all <laughs> tread down many, many a graduate class uh, for some reason, I'm model centric in my thinking at the moment. But, you know, the 70-20-10 model says only 10% of what we learn is something formally. And what you just mentioned, Sandy, is how those experiences, that 70% really made a difference for you. And we can find those experiences all over the place in in play probably easier than work. Like I didn't get a chance to exercise my leadership ability because I didn't get that promotion or I can go to a volunteer organization and get super rich leadership um, experience, you know, at, at a volunteer organization, even on a Saturday morning for two hours. Um, you learn a lot about yourself and how to lead others. And I think there's just so many opportunities for a person to um, practice some of the things that they want to develop that don't cost money. And so time, of course, is probably always going to be one of the tough obstacles or barriers, but money really shouldn't be that much of a a challenge in terms of how we really want to develop. Most of what we're trying to develop are soft skills. They don't require a lot of technical training or knowledge, right? Yeah. And I found that, 
you know, there are even personal conferences that I can go to that are um, pretty inexpensive because they're done through churches or other volunteer organizations. So mm-hmm. um, attending, you know, Christian workshops by um, really great speakers who give a lot of different types of content, whether it be, um, you know, how to work on yourself, how to help others around you, how to have boundaries, those sorts of things. I find that, um whether I'm attending a workshop or a conference that's for work or personal, it bleeds over into both. And so I think that I like that integration part Mm -hmm. of um, learning is that if you look for the opportunity, you can practice it everywhere. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So if, if we all think (laughs) that this is a good idea, (laughs) Uh, how do we prioritize it and make time for it? And what are some of the obstacles? Um, Sandy, can you touch on this for us? Gosh, I think for me, it's always time. Do I have time to do this? And the reality is you got to make time to do it. If it's important to you, you're going to make time. It's important to me to socialize with my friends. I make time to do it. So is it important to me to to continue my workout regime? Is it important to me... Um, to prepare for these podcasts. I mean, I don't know about you guys. We didn't really talk about this, but um, beginning this podcast experience is a huge development opportunity for me. Yes. Um, And I'm so, (laughs) and Rebecca, I'm so grateful (laughs) that you suggested that we try this out. Um, And my guess is that we each have a different perspective on how the podcasts are a development opportunity for us, but um, Mm-hmm. It certainly is for me. And so how do I make the time to do that? Um, my workouts are beginning now. Um, I've backed it off 30 minutes. So since I moved to the East Coast, my workouts now begin at 6 a.m. And what used to make me roll my eyes, like I am not getting out of bed at 5.30 in the morning to head to the gym, is now just a part of what I do and who I am. And mm-hmm. I love it. Um, that's what I have to do to fit everything into my schedule. Um, and I think it's just about prioritization and where do you prioritize yourself in terms of where you spend your time? Yeah, I agree. So one of the things that Mm -hmm. I've been trying to work on is, um, integrating more mindfulness during my day at work. And I have an app called Headspace that I use. It's a a subscription service and um, it can send you a reminder every day. So I have it set up to remind me around lunchtime to um, practice a little bit of mindfulness. And um, there are lots of different um, mindfulness um, programs that you can do through the app. And I found it to be really effective in helping me to take a break. And the workshop that I um, briefly mentioned that I attended this last week was on well-being and the speaker was talking about the research that has come out that talks about the power of taking breaks in your day and how that relates to productivity um, mm-hmm. so we used to think that taking like a 20 or 30 minute power nap was the way to take a break and what research is currently saying is that it's the shorter more frequent breaks that are really impacting productivity that um, the idea is to take Mm -hmm. the break before you hit the point of fatigue or exhaustion because then you're really having to build up your reserves um, from a pretty depleted place. And if you take the break before that, um, you're really just giving yourself an extra boost. 
And for me, I find that mindfulness uh, works that way. Now, am I great at doing it on a regular basis? No. As my mindfulness <laughs> app tells me how many minutes a year I do it, it's not enough. But I would say that when I do it for the three minutes, it feels like a nap. And so it's prioritizing that and knowing that um, I think hearing the research this last week and how helpful it is in boosting productivity and just making me feel better. Sometimes it's a social break for me to walk around and talk to somebody for a couple of minutes. And other times it's just taking quiet for me to rest my brain. Yeah. Did they mention the Pomodora technique, Michelle? Have you ever heard that term or Sandy? I might even be saying it wrong because I typically do that like Pikachuca instead of Pecha Chucha or whatever. (laughs) Um, It's like work 25 minutes, take a five minute break, work 25 minutes, take a five minute break. And they, they suggest you use like this egg timer, kitchen timer kind of thing. And I know there's apps and things for it now. Some developer friends I knew were starting to do that because with IT development, if you can imagine, just staring at code endlessly, like your productivity starts to drop off at points or or even errors become more, um, you know, um, likely. Uh, so I'll have to um, post that on our on our podcast notes, but it's an interesting uh, method that that basically says that same thing. Rather than us focusing on these larger chunks of break, we need actually more frequent to really best engage our, our mm-hmm. brains and such. So, so yeah, I think that's, um, it's a good one. Yeah. Prioritizing is important. So what, what is a role that others have played in helping you guys with your development and um, just continuing to grow in your faith? Rebecca, can you kick us off? Sure. Um, yeah. Kind of like what I started with, with a definition. I, I do think it's helpful to have others engaged in your development and supporting and holding you accountable. Like I'm going to practice, you know, this technique or um, I want to show up differently to this meeting. Can you help me uh, give me feedback at the end of the day on on how that worked? Um, So I think it is helpful. um, Same with like gym habits, you know, having an accountability partner there. Those types of things are helpful. I think where it's not helpful is when you rely on others to tell you what you need to do. And, um, you know, I think about in the workplace, um, even the reason I'm a little bit um, hesitant for groups to want to put together career ladders and career maps and things like that, because it makes it look too sort of prescriptive and um, and linear and like an expected um you know, path that people should follow where I think it's really more about discovery and self and owning that. And so um, I I think it's good to get feedback. I think it's good to be in tuned with, you know, where you're headed and and get feedback from your internal customers on on how you're doing with that. But ultimately, I think it should be very driven by self. And um, you shouldn't be so reliant on waiting for someone to present a development opportunity or waiting for someone to tell you, Uh, what that next opportunity is. So um, I think it's important to have sponsorship though, right? And accountability and all of those things, which involve more than just, just your own self. Yeah. I find that if I'm relying upon myself too much for this, um, I just don't do it. So I do like the accountability. It's the reason that last year I started working with a trainer at the gym because I just wasn't going frequently enough and wasn't pushing myself. So it's kind of the boot camp idea for you, Sandy, 
that mm-hmm. it's a way to have kind of somebody who expects you to be there. And of course I'm paying for um, somebody to right. be there and right. to push me. And that's really helped me to stay accountable on the other days when I'm not um, working with my trainer. I've also found that, um, as you said, Rebecca, asking other people for feedback and accountability to practicing the things that you set out to practice is important. Um, I read a book recently called Insight, and um, the author talked about the power of really getting insight from other people and not just staying um, too insulated with what we think about ourselves, that that view is um, pretty one-sided. We just um, are not wired to see ourselves very accurately. And so that is a piece of it. How do you see yourself, but also making sure that you're Mm -hmm. getting in other inputs. And, um, so I try to do that at work periodically asking people what's standing out to you. What's something that you feel like I'm doing really well. What do you think is getting in the way, or I could be doing better and have a formal 360. Um, but those are very informal ways to do it. I also do it in my personal life, a Bible study, that I was Mm -hmm. doing earlier. I have a um, core Bible study group. There's about 15 of us that meet um, pretty much on a weekly basis. And one of the studies had us um, write on a note card the question, um, what is something that might be getting in the way of me fully experiencing God and what he's calling me to? And so um, I wrote the question on a note card and then um, they wrote their answer on the back and just gave it to me the next week. And it was really good insight of things that I never would have thought about. And I was able to take that and just prayerfully consider it in front of God. Is this something that you want me to be working on and mindful of? And I was very grateful because the things that were written on the note cards were honestly not things that I had really um, spent any time thinking about. So it was good to get other inputs. Yeah, that's absolutely. So when we are open to um, hearing other people's feedback, when we're open to suggestions that people might put in front of us, and then to your point, Rebecca, really considering, is this something that's going to help me grow in the direction that I want to go in, that's in the direction of God's plan for my life. Not because someone said, if you want the next job, here's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it can be really easy to get caught up in uh, the path that somebody else has set out for you, which is why I think, Rebecca, not looking to the organization as the exclusive way to develop you is important because I I find in coaching that a lot of people get caught up and, well, they see this um, opportunity for me, so I should just do it. And right. they actually have no desire to do it, but they're just yes, doing right. it because somebody else <laughs> sees the potential in them. And then yeah. I get them as a coachee because they're like, oh my gosh, I never should have said yes to this. It is not right. what I want to be doing. But if I'm not doing this, what should I be doing? Because I focused all my development efforts into this one job as opposed to taking that more holistic approach of what do I need to be developing as a person and where does a job fit into that? Yeah, and that's what when we start to lose ownership of where we're going, it's really easy to be a victim, right? Because you didn't have choice, as much choice, and it wasn't as self-driven. And, you know, when we think about how quickly skills are um, emerging, and also retiring, like we have to take better control of what we want our future to be. And we do have the opportunity to be, as like Maslow would say, pretty limitless in our potential if we um, invest in ourselves in that, that the way that we see, I guess, are most 
passionate about, but it, it a little bit goes back to a past podcast where we've said, you know, if you know what your purpose is, then you can be a little bit more um, intentional about the self-development opportunities that you seek to get there. And so I feel like you've got to have some of that end in mind to really know. Absolutely. You know, for me, that's really exciting to think about limitless options and I can continue to develop in lots of different areas and achieve lots of different things. And my life can look very different than what it is today if, if that's the path I want to go down. That's very exciting to me. However, I recognize that that's not always exciting to everybody, <laughs> that there are people who that can be really intimidating for. And so if there's someone out there in our listening audience who thinks, oh my goodness, that's scary, that's unknown, that seems like um, too big of a leap to make um, and is intimidating, I'd like to offer that self-development does not have to be significant change. It can be um, baby steps. And Mm -hmm. recently, as I've been um, looking for in one particular area, significant change, and it has been intimidating for me, I was reminded that all you need to take is a baby step. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a significant um, development activity, just something that's going to uh, put you in the direction of where you want to go um, and gives you an opportunity to learn something you didn't know before. Yeah, I like that. It's, the, um, it's how I convince myself to do gratitude journaling because it Mm -hmm. takes five minutes at the end of my day. And so that felt doable. And I thought if, if what the research is saying is true, that five minutes will pay off in dividends. And if it's not, I've at least spent five minutes thinking about what went well that day. And so that can't be bad. And it wasn't a significant undertaking to do it and really then did have the benefits that the research was saying. Yeah. Great, great new habit. Yeah. So, um, Rebecca, what are some books that you've read that you might recommend to others that have um, helped you with your own self-development? Yeah. So the first one that comes to mind for me that you two are both going to be super familiar with is the FYI for your improvement book Mm -hmm. that Lombardo um, now publishes under Corn Ferry. And um, it's a, it's actually a relatively expensive book. And so I would encourage people to look for even past editions and used. Because um, I think on the market, it's like 100. I, I remember when we bought them in mass, they were like 75 to 100 bucks. But that one lists um, really smart development opportunities by competency. And so if you... Um, you know, look through that book and it's like, oh gosh, I'd like to be a better strategic thinker. There's very practical advice in there. So I think that's a good one um, when we think about from a career perspective. Um, I recently also was listening to an audio book called Before Happiness, and I think it's Sean Aker. And um, that one gave just a really, again, a good list of practical things to change our mindsets around the positive um, shift that we can make and not so much like like that negative bias that our our brains, of course, are sort of wound to think about. Um, So those are the two that stick out kind of top in mind for me. And then I think ultimately most of the self-development I do these days more formally really does come in the, in the form of podcast and um, I guess less formal content like Twitter and LinkedIn. I like to follow um, a lot of thought leaders on those in both of those spaces that again, give you kind of more of that like micro learning aspect to development, which I think is 
really where the future is headed. Um, I, on, on the kind of faith front, I would say there's less for me, like a specific, um, author that I follow, but more just, and again, maybe on Twitter, consuming a lot of that information around just, um, you know, trying to kind of center myself on something other than the other agendas that are out there, maybe more noise in our head. And so I've been trying to put, I guess, as I follow who, different people or organizations, more of that in my feed. So it's more balanced. Um, I still am, I guess, consuming a lot of things that aren't as faith-based in their development. But I've been trying to be more intentional to balance that out, I guess, um, which, again, gets you a little bit to that more positive mindset. And to your point, Michelle, about just being more, you know, gratitude-oriented versus caught up in maybe some of the more negative um, landscape of our current uh, world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the um, uh, pairs of authors that I follow on a faith-based front is John Townsend and Henry Cloud. Um, their kind of hallmark book of boundaries that they've kind of done boundaries for leaders and boundaries for parents and kind of taken it a, a few different directions is a core mm-hmm. book for me on just my own um life skill development and something that I recommend to people all the time. It is a faith-based book, but um, general enough that anybody can pick it up and learn what boundaries are and how to have them. So if I find that my life or somebody else's life is just getting out of whack, oftentimes it's due to a lack of boundaries with myself, Mm -hmm. with work, with other people. And so it's a good one to go back to. I've read it three or four times. And then um, another author that I follow is um, Brene Brown. And um, Mm -hmm. two of her core books, The Gifts of Imperfection and Daring Greatly, have been um, really pivotal for me in um, thinking through um, how my, my striving and, um, desire to do really good has led me down a path of, um, of trying to do things that I really had no business doing because I was trying to prove that I could and, um, (laughs) how to really be authentic to who I am and who, who God has called me to be and, Mm -hmm. um, stand up for that, which is then where she goes with daring greatly. And so I really tried to take, um, that work to heart and have done some online classes with her and everything. So I really dug deep into it, but, um, Brene has, um, Ted talks out there and mm-hmm. super soul Sunday talks with Oprah. And so there's ways that if you're not interested in reading books to go out and still see these authors, um, like Townsend and cloud have, um, Facebook feeds where they give bite-sized chunks of these things. So I think whatever you, um, whatever your version of consuming is, I recommend videos all the time and articles and podcasts and books. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot out there depending upon your way of consuming. There's an opportunity for everyone to develop themselves and there are resources out there that will meet everyone's needs. It's just about saying, I want to continue my learning. I want to grow. I want to develop to be the best person I can be. Yeah, and I um, love ladies that we get to do this together and um, develop ourselves and um, develop each other, as Sandy said, through these podcasts. Um, So with that, thanks, everybody, for listening.